Josh Williams here, and it's time again for the One Man Podcast, episode number three for Wednesday, May 31st. Thanks for joining me again, guys. I really appreciate you being here. I want to start off this week by saying that I have decided I'm going to try something a little different with this podcast, really only starting by being completely upfront and honest with you guys. I remember when I first started stand-up comedy, I... uh, I felt a little uncomfortable on stage. I had friends that always thought I was funny and things like that. So I knew I was funny, but something felt weird about performing. I know that uh, one of the things new comedians run into is that they write jokes that they think the audience will think is funny and that they don't necessarily find funny themselves. It's pandering at that point, right? And the whole, of course you want to make people laugh, right? So sometimes it's just like, hey, will they think this is funny? Will they think that's funny? And uh, I don't think I ever did that. When I first started, I would write jokes that I thought were funny, but when I was performing, something felt off about it. It felt odd and uncomfortable, unnatural. And I remember I was having lunch a few months into comedy with a friend, uh, Julian Dion, who's another comedian, uh, super funny guy. And I was telling him, I go, just something feels weird. You know, I don't feel like I'm pandering. I'm not telling jokes that I think the audience is going to think is funny. I'm talking about stuff I enjoy, but what feels, and he said to me, he goes, it's because you're not doing stand-up comedy. You're doing your impersonation of a stand-up comedian. And that really resonated with me because I was like, oh, I see what you're saying. So instead of just telling my jokes and trying to be natural, I'm like, oh, here's what comedians do and this and that. So I, I'm feeling right now, like maybe I'm doing my impersonation of a podcast host you know, what I think that everyone will enjoy and what I think that everyone's expecting. And uh, and I'm sorry for that because I don't want it to be fake or, or insincere. I want it to be something fun where we can all get together and connect with the dude that you guys know I am. And that's for people who know me. Uh, anyone who doesn't, I want you to actually know who I am and not some sort of, you know, odd, goofy, bullshit, hacky, whatever it is. So I don't really feel like I've overly hacked it up, but I do know that uh, I have felt odd when recording. So... Going forward, I'm going to try to just be more natural, try to let the funny out and uh, and not worry so much. You know, like, yeah, I'm going to say, and uh, because I'm not structured, you know, I'll write down my notes, you know, little talking points, but I'm not going to know exactly what direction it's going to go because I'm going to try to just either tell you what I'm thinking about it or um, or just let it go. And if I, mm, uh, because I don't know, well, fuck it. That's what I do when I talk. So buckle up, bitches. <laughs> We're going to... Uh, We're going to get just a little more authentic is all I'm trying to say. So starting off this week, I just want to say that I uh, was watching the Senators. I watched game seven. Man, was that a great game. Uh, Ottawa has nothing to be ashamed of. They really did not go gentle. They made Pittsburgh work for every, every ounce of whatever they got from, uh, from that series because Ottawa, you know, after that seven, nothing loss, we were looking rough, but we came back. We got the 2-1 victory. And that that first goal in that 2-1 game was so important because it just reminded them these guys are not invincible. You know, we can score on them. And then that early goal, I think, in the third that made it 2-1. What a great game. What a, a spectacular game. And then game seven was just unbelievable. The way Ottawa answered back after every goal that was scored. You know, they scored a goal, and then a minute later, Ottawa's back on the board, just tying the game up so huge. And, and, you know, it felt to me just by watching it that, you know, yeah, maybe I'm watching it through rose colored glasses or whatever, but it felt like that whole game was like the Ottawa show. You know what I mean? Pittsburgh took advantage of a key, but Ottawa, I felt like Ottawa had just such good possession of the, I mean, then again, maybe not, maybe I'm just nuts, but it was a great game to watch. Every time they scored everybody in the bar, we all stood up and cheered together. What like has so much fun, so much fun. They didn't give up a thing. They had a great season. Hold your heads high, Ottawa Senators. You guys did great. Can't wait to see you next year. And in terms of the Stanley Cup Finals, Nashville versus Pittsburgh, um, Nashville all the way. And not because I don't want Pittsburgh to win because they beat my team. It's because they've already won several times in the last, you know, decade plus. So fuck them, you know? I don't want to see winners win. I want to see an underdog who's never been to the dance before, right? Nashville's first time playing for the Cup. I want to see somebody who hasn't won it win. I want everyone to win at some point, and uh, I think it's Nashville's turn. So uh, good on them for making this the, the playoffs, and uh, and I hope they beat the Dirty Birds. 
I don't know if that's what people call the penguins, but that's what I'm calling them. Uh, the the two captains with the dirty little teen stashes. Looks like 15-year-olds trying to grow facial hair, Crosby and Malkin. Anyways, I uh, great, great game, Ottawa Senators. And uh, mark my thought. So after losing early, you know, before the weekend um, and, and getting knocked out of the playoffs, Mark Mathot, the defenseman on the Senators, was an absolute comedy Sunday night, taking in some laughs. So who knows if he was just trying to, to wait off the depression of the loss or just having a good night out in Ottawa. Um, just so you know, they're all, they're doing okay. The boys are home and they're, they're already back to laugh and having a good time. So that was really fun. Um, this last week for me, I got, like I said, I watched the Sens game on Thursday night. And then I went to uh, feature, you know, close the show at the Waterfront Gastro Pub in Carlton Place, which was really fun. It's a nice little bar, pub sort of thing, right on the right on the water in Carlton Place. And I don't know what river it is or anything like that. I didn't Google it. I did take a picture on Instagram of just how nice it is. Like the patio and the water was so high up. Like the the water level was really really high. Like you could stick your your foot out through the 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 gate next to your your patio table and dip your toes in the water. So it was really nice, you know, uh, sort of look there. Um, the show was great. The room was packed. It's the 50 year anniversary show of that, that gastro pub. So, uh, they don't do it just once a year, but that show has been on for five years. So congratulations to Ken Strangway, who's been running that show has done a great job. Thank you very much for having me out. Thank you to everyone who came out. Uh, there was a table of ladies, I think in their early to late forties that were just having like a desperate housewives night out. They were, uh, very nice, very attentive. And, uh, and I had some fun sort of teasing them. I just said, oh, look at this. We got a table of Helen, Stacy and Agnes and, you know, Tracy's and what I just gave them all a bunch of names. And then they, then they got upset because they, they didn't get upset with me. They got up, they got upset with each other because they, one of them wanted to be Tracy and one of them wanted to be, you know, Kathy and one of them wanted to be Sin. It was just so funny that they were arguing over the names I gave them. So even making lemonade out of those lemons, I chucked at them. So it was really funny after the show too, they walked up to our table and they're like, okay, we need to know which one of us is this, which one of us is that. Uh, and I just, I found it so funny that, that I like when people, I like when I, when I poke fun and I tease and people enjoy it, they get that it's all in good fun and they hang on to it. There was one guy there with glasses and, and, uh, like salt and pepper hair who looked just like Bill Gates. And I was like, you got, uh, I think I was talking to people about their jobs and I was like, yeah, well, you're married to Bill Gates over here. And of course he's got nothing better to do with it. And they laughed so hard and they came up to me after the the show and the wife was like, I've been with him for 20 something years and this is the first time it's ever occurred to me how much like Bill Gates he looks. She's like, that's never going away. I think that's one of my, my favorite things is, you know, like I, I will have a show and I'll have fun and I'll joke around and, you know, call somebody by a name, say they look like this or that. And then, and, and it's just funny to me because I might sometimes see these people again at a comedy club or another event, you know, when I go back a year or two later and they'll come up to me and they'll be like, we've been calling him that ever since. So that's, that's kind of fun that you're able to sort of do something that's lasting with people. You know, they remember your jokes. They remember something goofy you said. And uh, I enjoy that. So that was a great time at the uh, the Waterfront Gastro Pub. Thank, uh, thank you, Ken Strangway, and thank you, the Gastro Pub, for, for putting on the event. Really appreciate being a part of it. And then, of course, Saturday night, I got to, to perform in Kinmount, Ontario, which, if you've never heard of it, neither have I. And that was a fun little trip up. It was three and a half hours out of the city with no cell phone reception pretty much the the vast majority of the trip until i was about 40 minutes uh, you know outside of ottawa again did we get our reception back and, and little two minute pockets of it here and there which was funny it didn't even occur to me until i was sitting in the car with jeff you know saying hey look at these places out here it's like yeah we're an hour outside of the city but this is nice you know what i mean these the property value is probably way cheaper look how nice there's you know there's mountains and there's uh, you know mountains not really high at all but but hills hills and, and lakes and stuff. This is beautiful out here, you know? And I go to take a picture of the scenery and uh, and send it and immediately see I have no service. I'm like, yeah, no, I could never live out here. I could never. Yeah, like, first off, it's not even that I can't send something to social media. I don't really give a shit about that. I can live without that. It's the, how the fuck do I call an ambulance if my overweight ass has a fucking heart attack up here? And that's when my brain started thinking along that road. I'm like, we're going up to a place in the middle of the country like where nobody... You know, it's a small town or whatever. And I go, what happens if something bad happens? Like, there's no hospitals out there, clearly. So it's going to take a long time for an ambulance to get to me and, and create help. And I always go down these dark roads when I, you know, in my brain, whenever I'm, I'm doing a show in the middle of nowhere. I always think about my own, you know, just what happens to me? 
right? Because I don't want to end up in a small town that, that nobody's ever heard of and that's where I die. You know what I'm saying? So like I kind of want to have a good time. I want to have a good time and I want to get home safe. And if something bad happens to me because I haven't taken care of myself, I want somebody who has to save me. You know, I live in Ottawa. I'm, I'm a block away from the civic hospital. So if something bad happens to me here. I call the guys. They can run down the street, you know, and, 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 and save me. You know, I mean, they wouldn't want to run down because they got like a baby hippopotamus to carry back to the hospital. So bring, bring the ambulance. Going to want something with torque to, to move me down there. But the fact of the matter is I'm safe. I got a signal and I got a source of hospital care very, very close by. You know, so I feel safer here in the city than I would in the middle of nowhere. But it was nicer up there. And uh, we did a show for the, the Kinmont Legion, which was uh, a, a beautiful group of people that did show up. But sadly, there was only about 13, 13 people who showed up to the show. And it was a very well-paying show. So, um, I mean, it, it doesn't take a math genius to look at the numbers and what we were getting paid to know that these, these uh, very, very kind, sweet people uh, probably lost a lot of money on this show. Um, so we, we pulled out all the stops. We had a great time myself, Jeff McKay and Denis Grignot, uh, the people who were there had a wonderful time. They were so kind and gracious and they, they talked about how much they enjoyed. They laughed so hard during the show. Um, so we hope they really did enjoy themselves. But, uh, like I said, unfortunately it does look like they, uh, they, they lost money on this show. So, um, you know, my heart goes out to them, but, uh, yeah, we just tried to make sure that they had a good time while we were there. Uh, we performed in front of a bingo board. Also pictures on my uh, my Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter of the uh, the bingo board that we performed in front of them for a bunch of senior citizens, which uh, wasn't lost on me on on how goofy that sort of looked. You know, <laughs> looks like basically I've I've got the Better Call Saul job of just hanging out with seniors reading bingo balls. But that was uh, that was a fun spot. And two of the people that were there actually own a place called the Kinmount, or what is it, the Tamarack Lodge, which was a really cool place. They got like a uh, it's like their house on their property. And of course they've got cabins on their property, uh, an indoor fire pit, a small little event center room. Like it only holds about 50 people, but it was really, really cool. So they can do things there. They got a motorless lake or, or they, I can't remember what they called it. It looks like a lake. So yeah, no, no motorboats, no jet skis or anything, but they have canoes and everything available to you. And they go, yeah, just grab one and, and paddle out. So they asked, uh, I, I told them I was looking for something interesting to do with the girlfriend sometime this summer. And they, uh, they had mentioned about their lodge and I was like, okay. So when we were leaving, I, they offered, uh, they offered Jeff and I, because it's about three and a half hour drive, they offered us, um, you know, a, a cabin to stay in if we didn't want to make the drive, but, uh, you know, we both had things to do early morning. However, I did say, you know, if they would be willing to show us the, their, their area, I would love to see it just to consider coming back another time. And they did. Um, the only thing was the bugs were really bad. So I was getting bit by mosquitoes and things like that. Um, and it was pitch black. So they handed me something that looked like the size of a double a battery. And that was a flashlight. And I'm trying to see around in the dark. I'm following them who had real flashlights. And at one point as we're walking down these trails to try to see the cabins, the, uh, the husband says, uh, you know, Hey, let me go first. And we were like, okay, why? And he goes, well, there's bears out here, which immediately scared the shit out of me because, out of the four of us, I am the slowest without argument. You know, if it was, if it was a horse race, nobody would put money on me. My odds would have been astronomical. So I'm like, all right, well, if there's a bear that comes, I'm fucking dead. So, I mean, we, <laughs> I kept going. I wasn't just going to freeze, but we kept walking. They showed us the, the cabins, the lake and, uh, and the inside of one of them was super beautiful. If I go, I am, I'm definitely bringing, I think bear mace. Cause we were talking with Jeff, uh, sorry, we, I was talking with Jeff on the way back from the show and I just said to him like, dude, I, I, I don't know what I would have done if I had saw a bear because I know there's like all these different things you're supposed to play dead. I don't know if, if pissing yourself is one of the things you're supposed to do. I don't know why I feel like it is. I definitely know that's something I would do whether I wanted to or not if I saw a bear. But, uh, I think I remember reading one time that bears have like all these nerve endings in their nose. Like, and I don't, we all have nerve endings, but I mean like a ridiculously high concentrated amount of nerves and, and all of them in their nose, which is why the mace is so effective, like bear mace, because it's, you know, messes their fucking head up because they got so much shit going on up there. So I remember, uh, I remember that. And I said to Jeff, I go, I think if I ever end up in a situation of bear and it's coming at me, I go, I don't think I'm going to try to run because I know I'm not going to outrun it. So it's just going to sink its claws and teeth into my back and I'm going to go down. I said, I think what I would do is just wind up and, and just punch it as hard as I fucking could in the nose, just because of all those nerve endings, hoping that maybe it's like a kick to the balls 
and it buys me some time to, you know, slows it down, maybe makes it fuck off or something like that. And Jeff just started laughing and said, I would love to be there to see you try that theory. And I go, oh, fuck. If it's a theory, I would love to not be there. I'd love to delegate that to someone else. Hey, do me a favor. Can you go punch a bear in the nose and let me know? Wouldn't that be great, though, if we just had people we could delegate to do all the different things that we theorize? Like, I wonder what it would be like to do that. And then you have someone that could do that. That would be a wonderful use for the overpopulation is just theory testers, right? Why can't we use people as guinea pigs, right? But just let... <laughs> that would be fun to me anyways but so yeah i'm gonna try uh, i think i'm gonna try this place the uh the tamarack lodge out sometime this summer you know just power down take the lady right crystal and i can go up there have a weekend with no internet you know just read some books do some uh some kayak or kayaking uh canoeing kayaking scares me because i think you have to get into it one way you slide your feet in and you need to like slip the thing around your back the paddle pull yourself out a certain way if you go underwater you have to like i can't even remember the name of the role you're supposed to do to get back up so yeah i uh i could just see my legs swelling as i'm in this thing and then i try to get myself out and i can't because i'm fucking stuck yeah nightmare canoeing is what i'd like to do canoeing i fall out of the boat and i can swim right back up no problem i'm not attached to it in any way whatsoever so do some canoeing, you know, some indoor uh, fire. Every one of these cabins has their own barbecue. So I think it'd be great. And uh, not too far from uh, from the Tamarack Lodge near Kinmount where we we're doing the show is this place called the Highland Theater, which uh, Denis Grignon was telling me about. Apparently a guy wanted to open up a movie theater in town and they said that there's no zoning for it anywhere. So he said, come on, there's got to be a loophole or something like that. And they said, well, if you if you build it, you know, onto your house, then I guess that, that would technically work. And so the guy did, he built a movie theater attached to his house. And, uh, and then I think since then he's expanded to three more theaters. So he's got a total of four movie theaters attached to his house and he's got all this old movie, you know, paraphernalia and cameras and projectors and things like that. So it's like a museum and then four theaters. And apparently each theater has its own theme and style. Like one's vaudeville and one's, you know, like old Victorian. I, I could be wrong with the Victorian one, but the idea is it's like four different theaters and a bunch of museum stuff. So I think it'd be great to, to go up for a weekend and spend some time in a cabin and do some some canoeing. Maybe take one night out and check a look at this, you know, this special theater. And it plays all the current stuff. Like, it's not like a theater that's, you know, oh, they, they play the old shit. I mean, they play current movies. It's just in a, in a super sort of unique place. So I think I'm going to do that this summer with the lady. And, uh, you know, I'll take some pictures and maybe record an episode in some cabin talk about the fucking bear shit that's out there and, and try not to get eaten. I think that'd be something fun to do. I'm looking forward to it anyway. So yeah, that's a thing. I, uh, I mentioned living, uh, living close to the hospital when I was trying to record earlier, the fucking helicopter from the hospital flew over the house and all you could hear is blah, 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 the blades going. And it got me wondering about the whole, you know, hospital, hospital helicopters. At first I thought they were just like fly people in. Like someone gets hurt in a mountain or something like that. They fly them up and fly them in. But I got a friend Peter who's a paramedic, and uh, I'm gonna—I think I'm gonna ask Pete what that's all about. You know, I sent him a message earlier and going, "What's with what's with that helicopter shit?" Like, you know what I mean? I like—I I think of the old shows where it's like the person's dangling from the helicopter on the on the gurney or whatever, and I'm like, "That's not what it is. The person's in the helicopter." So I I reached out to Pete and I'm like, "What is that? What's what's with the helicopter?" thing you know what i mean because i'm like I, I someone someone said a long time it's for patient transfers and i'm like well you'd think that a patient you know if they're coming from like the general to the civic they just get in the back of an ambulance and they'd move them right or if they're coming from something like if they're coming from really far you'd think take them to a closer hospital but apparently it's for it's a completely different service for something called orange where those people uh those people are like the high-end doctors apparently they're it's like a doctor in the helicopter you know, who's who's allowed to to give more intense care, because I guess like paramedics and doctors, from my understanding, all have different levels of care that they're allowed to give. Like some paramedics can't give you certain medicines, which is kind of fucked up to me. I mean, obviously, you don't want them administering the wrong thing. But at the same time, like imagine you're in a hot, you know, you know, on a back of an ambulance and you need a certain drug that's going to save your life. And the guy's like, man, sorry, I'm not uh, I haven't graduated that class yet. I'm not licensed to give you that one. So let's uh, let's hope uh, my driver's license is better than my medical license. We get there before you die. Nah. I don't know. That just scares me. The idea that something that maybe needed to save my life is going to be not available to me because of the fucking guy 
I don't know. See, but this is back to me worried that somebody else is going to do a better job than me of just taking care of myself. What the fuck, right? Passing the buck like every person does. So anyways, yeah, I heard the helicopter and it just made, it got me fascinated. And apparently there's like, they have these high, high level doctors on these fucking helicopters for patients when they, when they move them from place to place, which almost made me think that like, it's like some doctors are at such a level that they don't even stick around at the hospital or, or, you know, ride an ambulance. They got their own fucking private helicopter to ride with somebody from a hospital to another hospital or something like that. I don't know. It's interesting. I'd like to know more. I always ask Peter questions about paramedic stuff, usually like the, the situations he's ended in, but he's, he told me something interesting a while back that, and I think this is what goes with my whole fear of like, how long will it take a, an ambulance to get to me? I'm really fucking focused on my mortality lately. Maybe we'll, maybe I'll delve into that as I figure out why, but, um, he told me that like, once somebody starts to arrest, it's, it's pretty much over. He goes, I mean, I can't remember the numbers. I'm, I'm going to paraphrase what I remember. Please know that it's not exact is I think he told me one time that like, once somebody starts to arrest, it's, they almost never come back. I think like, he's like out of, out of the entire time that he's been a paramedic, he thinks he's had two people that have, uh, have gone into arrest that he's actually been able to get vitals back on. And that's just vitals back, you know, and then they just drop them off at the hospital and then the doctors take over. He goes, yeah, a lot of times I, I have no idea whether or not they died afterwards or if they were able to stabilize them and save them, which is fucked up. You know what I mean? Like, and it's not fucked up. It's just, that's like, you know, he's out there trying to save lives. But to me, I was just like, okay, so what you're saying is if I go into cardiac arrest and there's no one, you know, before someone can look at me or whatever, the odds are I'm not coming back. So I think that's why I'm worried about, uh, can you imagine if I just put that in my rider all of a sudden doing is I'm not doing a gig anywhere where there isn't an ambulance. <laughs> I don't know if guys like John Panette or, you know, any of the, the, the bigger comedians ever had that in their rider. Just like, you have to have like an ambulance. Like I've, I've gone to shows and stuff where you see an ambulance there and, you know, people always go, Oh, it's in case, you know, something happens. Well, of course it's in case something happens, but I'd be funny if those ambulances were there because of the acts. They're like, ah, they just want to make sure there's someone there to fucking zap them. If they go down too quick, meatloaf's probably got one. He went down on stage but I can't remember if he was just, he was just really tired or whatever it was, but he went down last year, I think on stage. So like that's, that's, you know, not spring chickens anymore. That's uh, I don't know. I don't know. Fuck. I don't know what you guys talk. What the fuck scares the shit out of you? What goofy things do you think of when you're, when you're just trying to be you on a daily basis? That's one that fucking scares me, right? Every, every slight little pain I feel or something makes me feel like it's the end. That's the fucking end. This is good. This is it right now little twinge in my arm, you know, and I start to panic and then I burp two minutes later and realize it was just gas, but still scares the shit out of me. Right. And a lot of the times I don't want to be in a bad place when that happens. I immediately like that's, that's all I think of is at first I think I'm going to die. And then I take a look around my, my surroundings and go, Oh, for the love of God, not here. Like I'm recording this podcast uh Tuesday afternoon and I have to be at Domino's in a few hours. Not in a few hours. I have to be at Domino's in, in like 40 minutes. So I'm hoping that this podcast ends and then I get to put on that uniform that just really makes me question every decision I've ever made in my life. You know, I work there one day a week and that's still way too much. You know, I put on a, a matching hat and shirt, right? Always a confidence booster, right? That breathes very well, right? They give you those fucking three different kinds of plastics they, they mix together and then make clothes, clothing out of them. It's really like cloth is the root word of that. And it's made out of plastic. Put that on sweat. Smell terrible, right? And then you take a sign and you put it on your car. So it looks like you and your car are wearing matching hats. Another big boost of pride. And, uh, oh fuck. I had a guy last week say to me, you know, I was there and I was just, I was working the ovens and I, not I'm a delivery guy. And I'm inside working the ovens and working the cash for, for whatever reason. And one guy says like, Hey man, Way to go, like, taking the, the rain and just taking, you know, taking initiative and stuff. I go, yeah, thanks. My parents are real proud. Like, my my skill at Domino's is what I, I hang my fucking, ah. So, yeah, I got to do that. Not looking forward to doing that. That's one of those places I don't want to die. You know what I mean? Go to just the worst, the worst building on a Domino's order and just, that's where my heart explodes. And they just fall me face down. Fucking hot wings and, and meat lovers pizza. <laughs> Fuck, it's funny and, and and just depressing at the same time. So, yeah, that's what I'm doing with the rest of my day while you guys are listening to this. And, yeah, I'll talk about it next time maybe. Or maybe I won't. Maybe I'll just repress it like I do every week. So that's that.
Could be worse. Could be crossing guard, eh? I posted that picture last week of fucking crossing guards. Those are, those are people, right? They irritate me. That makes no sense. You know, there's a stop sign three feet away from you. Three fucking feet away from you, right? Like, what, what is it that a crossing guard is doing that the stop sign is not? We all know the rules, right? We stop, wait for someone to go by. If there's someone that needs to go by, we stop. That's why we stop, is to see if someone needs to cross the street. You know what I mean? You standing there two feet shorter than the fucking stop sign, holding up your stick with the stop sign on it, is not, is not a game changer, you know? We already know the fucking rules. So it's very surprising to me that that we people are still doing it for free. Fuck, if you got paid for it, sure. But this is like reverse ATMs and self-checkouts. You know what I'm saying? Like if there was if there was a time with no stop signs and just a bunch of old people walking around holding the fucking things up, I go, yeah. And then all of a sudden they come and they put the stop signs. They go, holy shit, that post is doing it for me. This is amazing. Right? Or well, or maybe not. Maybe they feel the same way as the bankers do. The fucking post took my job. But either way, we don't need both. Right? Like, what do they think? What do they think is going on when we get to that sign? That's the real thing that bothers me. That peak times. These are not go-getters. Like, I, I always look at the situation. I go, why do you think that you're important? You know? Like, do you think that, like, I'm, we were running down kids, but now all of a sudden that you're here, that's going to change? Like, we wouldn't run you over? You know? Like, what is changing about their being there? That's what I want to ask the fucking parent teacher committee that's like we have to have crossing guards why all these kids were getting run down and all of a sudden they're not because they put an old person there if you had a choice between running down you're in a situation your brakes give out or something i don't know just follow me through my insanity that your car's going down a hill and there's an old person sitting on one side and a, and a kid sitting on the other where are you veering your vehicle towards if you had no choice right gonna hit the fucking old person the kids still got her whole life in front of them right so what what does this old person think this old person i don't give a fuck they're an old person i'm sorry you're an old person all right i love you maybe but you're old and you yeah so i'm i'm sorry senior citizen okay the point is is that if you were the kind of person who's going to run down a kid with their whole life in front of them why would you stop for an old person who's fucking at the end you know what i mean and we're not talking at the end of a fucking victorious life right these are not captains of industry the people who were successful are not volunteering the best times of day for nothing, right? They're out doing something. They're out, they're out walking the malls in the morning and feeding the ducks in the afternoon. They're not fucking putting on the stupidest looking uniform and going and replicating the sign next to them. Jesus Christ. It just, I don't know. It's, it seems absolutely ridiculous, right? When cops, when the, when the traffic lights go out, you know, they don't even let people, I'm all over the fucking map because I'm getting, I'm getting frustrated with these guys. When a traffic light breaks, the police don't constantly stop traffic every time one new person walks up to the intersection, right? They take turns and they direct traffic. They let things bunch up. They do one side for a bit. Then they do this. These crossing guards will come running up and stop every single car because there's another kid waiting. Let them bunch up, do a group at once. They're literally every five feet apart. There's another kid. So just let them bunch up a little bit. Let's move the traffic line. I think that's what it does too is they congest the traffic so much. That and school buses. I hate getting stuck behind school buses too. In fact, there was a, there was someone at the Waterfront Gastropub show on, on Friday that was a school bus driver and I was talking to him. The whole, the whole table was like auxiliary uh, school employees. Like we work for the school board and I'm like, oh cool, what do you teach? Are you principals? And they're like, oh, we're bus drivers and maintenance workers and we groundskeepers. I was like, oh, that's... That's so funny. You guys are like the 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 B reel of the employees. They're like, oh, we don't teach anything. And in fact, uh, we just go in every single day looking at the halls and going, man, if I had a chance to pay attention a lot more back when I was going here, you know, that things could have turned out differently. So now every day I come in as a reminder, just I fucking threw it away, you know. Just every single day, driving the bus, mowing the lawn, scrubbing the toilets waiting for that moment i think maybe that's what the crossing guards are is they're just like the the maintenance workers and the groundskeepers and everything like that just waiting for that opportunity to just go ah just give me the vest and let me go out and see the the sunshine right hold a stop sign let me let me call the shots for five fucking minutes you know what i mean every day someone telling me to plunge a toilet or fucking you know go scoop the dog shit off the football field right I'm going to give me the sign. I'm going to call the fucking shots. Maybe that's what it is. 
Maybe I just solved crossing guards. So that's um I don't know, that's a thing. Right? They just they just piss me off because they, they slow me down. Make me wait for everything. I hope uh, I hope this episode's a little more fun, guys. I got uh I'm pretty excited. Uh something that's coming up in the not too distant future. Uh Canada Day, right? Canada's hundred and fiftieth birthday. Oh Jesus. Big stretch here. I'm uh Something coming up for Canada's 150th birthday is a show at Absolute Comedy on Canada Day, 2 p.m. It's the SiriusXM and uh, and and Canada Day sort of amalgamation here, where uh, they're doing shows in every major city across Canada, and um, and they've asked yours truly to be a part of it. So I'm very excited. Uh, I'm just going to plug that show real quick on Canada Day at 2 p.m. at Absolute Comedy in Ottawa. We have uh, host Nick Burden is going to be hosting the show. And we've got two features, Kamar Hargadon and Heather Hurst. And the show is going to be co-headlined by Jim McNally and myself. So if you're in Ottawa, you're looking for something fun to do between 2 o'clock and 3.30. Tickets are 10 bucks. I'm going to give away some tickets uh, to that show here on the podcast. So I will say if you guys are interested in some tickets, some free tickets to that show, the email address is contact at onemanpodcast.com. Send me an email. Let me know if you're interested, and I'll get you a couple free tickets for that show. Anyone who's interested in coming, it's a $10 ticket on Canada Day. The bar will be open. So you can start a uh, what will be, I'm sure, a very drunk day for a lot of people. Uh, you can start it off right with some laughs, get those fucking endorphins and dopamine flowing, and come to Absolute Comedy for our SiriusXM uh, Canada Day show. So I'll give more details uh, about that as I have them once the posters and everything like that are done. I'll, I'll push them out. But uh, I'm really looking forward to that. That's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, I got a friend, uh, Mark, who I used to work with at Future Shop. Mark has, uh, he's sent in a question this week. And I'll, I'll, or sorry, not a question. I apologize. He just sent me in a story. And I'm going to read that to you guys a little bit later on. But he was talking about uh, the, the nature of it. We were talking on uh, Facebook. And he was saying the nature of, of what he's doing is because he's sort of like, it's just like a bucket list item for him. And uh, I thought, you know what, I might tell you guys a little bit about my bucket list, maybe something that we could do on a regular basis. I just had my head tilted down and I can hear myself a lot better, so I hope I wasn't too quiet there. But uh, I got I got three bucket list things that I'm going to share with you guys. And I thought it might be fun to do a bucket list, like one of them is career, one of them is personal, and then maybe one of them is like romantic relationship kind of thing. I uh, So I'll start by saying for my career... I want to do the Just for Laughs Festival. I have performed for JFL 42 in Toronto, but it's not the same thing as doing the festival in Montreal. That's the flagship one. That's something I, to explain to you guys. I think I told I said earlier, I don't know if I really told you guys the story of my origin in comedy, and I'm not going to do that now. But I will say that my mom's been my biggest fan since I was young. I never wanted to be a comic. I did mention that in the George Carlin story. I never had any intention of being a comedian. Never wanted. I loved stand-up comedy, but I never had any intention of being a comic. And uh, my mom used to always say to me when I was young is, uh, you know, well, one day I'd love it if you were a stand-up comedian. You should be a comedian. You're so funny, blah, blah, blah. And I just thought it was that supportive parent stuff, you know, and I, I thanks, but I'm, it's never going to happen. And uh, I remember she used to say, this is not no bullshit. She used to say, to my teachers when I was a little kid. Well, fuck, not just when I was a little kid, but starting from when I was a little kid in school. Like when I got in trouble and she'd have to go to see the teachers or the principal, she would say, well, you know, hey, if she if he grows up one day to be a famous comedian, will that make any of this worthwhile? And they'd be like, no. So, and she always tells that story. That's the only reason I know that is I remember when I was a kid, she always tells that story. Well, if I tell him to grow up, you know, if he grows up to be a comedian, blah, blah, blah. So... Um, so, so the reason I want to do just for laughs is a lot of, a lot of comedians are under the impression you do just for laughs and that launches your career and yeah, you know, then it's all downhill from there. You get discovered and I have none of those, those, you know, misconceptions just for laughs is an amazing comedy festival and it's a huge staple. It's the biggest comedy festival in the world, but throughout my life, I have, I have disappointed a lot <laughs> in terms of the family. Um, you know, not deliberately, just, we all learn different ways and stuff, but but I've had a lot of, uh, you know, I dropped out of high school. I worked a bunch of shitty jobs. I, I screwed up good opportunities. So the thing is, my mom's always been a huge fan of my comedy. And to to do the Just for Laughs Festival, just to perform at it and to come back with those those passes with my name on them kind of thing, that's like the equivalent of becoming a doctor or a lawyer for my mom. So the reason that's to perform at the Just for Last Festival, I can live and die and never perform there, and that will that will not fulfill me as a human being. 
but it's just kind of like to do that festival is is that diploma. It's not a, you know, oh, this is the end, I've made it. It's more of a, okay, well, here's here's your recognition that, you know, you've graduated. You are a comedian, you know, in her eyes, and now go do something with it. So that's that's the diploma that that's on my bucket list. I would love to perform at the Just for Laughs Festival and earn that that uh, that comedy diploma, if you will, at least in her eyes. So that's my that's my career bucket list thing. Um, I do have a personal one, and uh, you know we all do. We all have several, but one of the ones I want to do is I want to go skydiving. Um, I am currently too heavy to go skydiving because obviously you have to start doing a tandem jump with someone else. I'm too heavy for that because <laughs> if they strap another human being to me, me and that person are going to die, but the, the, but the, uh, what do you call it? The parachute can't, can't support the weight. So I got to lose some weight, which sort of goes along with my other goals of losing weight and things like that. But I would love to go skydiving. I think because of, I was saying earlier with like all the issues with my mortality being a thing in my mind that, uh, I'd like to, uh, I'd like to sort of just do that to just sort of feel that and that fear and everything like that. I think it'd be fun. So skydiving is definitely on my bucket list. And then finally on my romantic bucket list, my relationship one is there's a, there's something called dinner in the sky. And I don't know if you guys have heard of this, but I saw a video for it a long time ago. And it's basically, I think it's like, it looks like a giant round boardroom table, you know, and in the middle you've got cooks and stuff. So there's like, there's cooking surfaces and, and waiters and a guy who plays the violin. And then everyone sits around the outside of it, but you're like basically dangling over nothing. It's a big crane that lifts this table and all the chairs. So it's kind of like a, a ride, right? You're strapped in like you would be at a ride, but you're sitting at a table effectively. This crane lifts you up to 150 feet in the air. And then you're just having dinner in the sky. You're just dangling. Like it's, it's, it looks great. Um, so that's something I thought would be a real romantic thing, right? How many couples get to say that they've done that? So I started looking for it the other day when I was thinking up this bucket list and it's going to be in Ottawa for, for Canada's 150th. So, uh, it's super expensive. It's 300 bucks a person to do dinner and 169 just to do cocktails. Cocktails half an hour. You go up, have a $169 cocktail, maybe two, and then come back down. And that's your, that it's 30 minutes, the cocktail one. It's an hour for the dinner. So. I'm going to see if I can put together the money to do that. I looked at some of the, the dates already to see if I could get tickets and they're already tons of them are sold out. So they didn't say the location. They didn't say what's on the menu, but it's a bucket list thing. I know they do this in other parts of the world year round. So if I miss it for Canada's 150th, no biggie. I can, I can go somewhere else at some point in my life, but that's definitely something that I'd like to do with, uh, with the lady is have dinner in the sky. She's a little afraid of heights. And, uh, and I, I'll be honest, if I could look down and see, see nothing underneath me that that freaked me out too but it's still uh it's still something really cool it's one of those things that not everyone does and i'd love to be able to say that i did it so that's my bucket list stuff if you guys want to send in your bucket list items and things like that you know if you got a you know like i said a, a career personal and, and relationship or romantic bucket list thing you'd like to do send it in right contact at one man podcast.com yay so uh, I think I will take a second now and uh, and just do the advertisement for the week. We're at the 38-minute mark, so I'm going to go ahead and uh, and do the first sponsor, which is Absolute Comedy. Absolute Comedy is the best live stand-up comedy from across North America with locations in Kingston, Toronto, and Ottawa, Ontario. These comedians have been featured on Just for Laughs, Netflix, Comedy Central, CBC's The Debaters, Jimmy Kimmel Live, Conan, The Comedy Network, and much, much more. Go to absolutecomedy.ca to see this week's lineup. Planning a night out is easy with dinner and show packages available at all locations. Live comedy is a great choice if you're organizing a celebration, fundraiser, company outing, or corporate event. Want the show brought to you? They'll send comedians to your venue with performances tailored to your event, creating a night of laughs your guests will love and won't soon forget. So for showtimes, ticket prices, gift certificates, special shows, and more, head to absolutecomedy.ca. Again, that's absolutecomedy.ca for the best live stand-up comedy from across North America. Hey, how about that, huh? Little recording for you guys, not making you sit through all that absolute comedy nonsense. Just a nice little commercial. And now we're back to the chat, and right? See, that's a little different. We're trying to make this thing a little bit better for you so you don't have to sit through all that crap that you normally do. So uh, it's a little improvement, guys. I'm trying to make it a little bit better for you. I'm, uh, I made it through another chapter of George Carlin's Last Words, still loving this book. Uh, and and if hopefully the week will calm down a little bit and I'll get to read a little bit more. But I, I, I read how he met his wife, Brenda. Um, and yeah, so I'm still reading that. 
I, uh, I, I got Crave TV again, so I'm going to start watching some of my shows. I started watching the 19th season of South Park again, so that's what I've been falling asleep to lately. And, uh, and I got to read on my trip to, uh, to Kinmount, Ontario with Jeff on, uh, on Saturday. I got to read more of my bathroom readers. So I'm going to read this week's version of Uncle John's Bathroom Readers. And this edition actually is in honor of the Stanley Cup playoffs. And of course, my Sens playing their last game. This one is from Uncle John's Bathroom Readers. Shoots and Scores is the name of it. And this one's called The Name Game. All right, so it says, want to know why you call your favorite hockey team the Stars, the Flames, or the Devils? Read on. The Calgary Flames inherited their name from the Atlanta Flames when the franchise was sold and relocated to Alberta in 1980. The original team was named after the fire that General William T. Sherman's Union troops set in Atlanta as they blazed their way across the South at the end of the U.S. Civil War. Uh, the name of the Columbus Blue Jackets was inspired by Civil War history. It's a reference to the blue uniforms worn by Union soldiers and celebrate the fact that Ohio contributed more soldiers per capita to the war than any other state in the Union. Ohio is also the home state of pyromaniacal General Sherman's from the, uh, the, from the above one there. So um, the Dallas Stars were not so named because Texas is the Lone Star State. The franchise was originally the Minnesota North Stars, named for Minnesota state motto, L'Etoile du Nord. Uh, French for Star of the North, of course. The team moved to Dallas in 1993, but left the North part behind. Uh, the Nashville Predators go Preds win the cup. The Nashville Predators are named in tribute to the saber-toothed cat bones that were found in 1971 in downtown Nashville. Uh, Where's that? I just lost my place here on the thing. Downtown Nashville, when workmen were excavating land for the construction of a new bank. So there you go. They found fucking saber-toothed tag of bones. It's kind of a cool find, actually. And again, in downtown Nashville, right? A lot of cougar bones in Nashville, too. You know what I'm saying? Uh, when the NHL's Colorado Rockies relocated to New Jersey in 1982, they renewed themselves the New Jersey Devils for a mysterious evil-winged creature called the Jersey Devil that legend says roamed the Pine Barrens of southern New Jersey in the 18th, 19th, and early 20th centuries. Yeah, there's like a bunch of, uh, you know, like mysteries and, and uh, seeking the truth discovery shows and shit like that. Uh, based on uh, the New Jersey Devil. In fact, they're, yeah, the New Jersey Devil. The Jersey Devil. They actually had like an X-Files episode about it too, looking for the Jersey Devil. So yeah, there's all sorts of goofy things about that. And finally, guys, uh, the inspiration for the name Tampa Bay Lightning actually comes from weather. According to St. Petersburg Times, Tampa is the lightning capital of the nation. In June 1993, at the conclusion of the franchise's first NHL season, more than 21,000 cloud-to-ground lightning flashes occurred within a 50-mile radius of Tampa Bay. So there we go. So Calgary Flames, Columbus Blue Jackets, Dallas Stars, Nashville Predators, New Jersey Devils, and Tampa Bay Lightning. That is where those names come from. So that concludes this week's edition of Uncle John's Bathroom Readers from Shoots and Scores. So ah, we're making it faster, guys. See? A little bit of trivia for you. A little bit of fucking advertisement, right? Some exciting things to look forward to. Um, I'm going to take a second and uh, and just mention that uh, I got, to, like I said before, sorry, not mention, but uh, I'm going to take a second and read uh, Mark's email that he sent me because, uh, as I mentioned from the bucket list thing, he was mentioning something that he knows I'll enjoy. I'm a, I'm a big fan of these. I don't want to give it away too early. But uh, I'll read you his email, letting you know something he's doing this uh, this summer that I think I too would like to do. Um, so this is uh, an email in from Mark. Mark said, I had uh, drinks with a friend whom I haven't seen for a number of years about a month ago. The conversation goes from what you've been up to to upcoming plans. I tell him about a trip out east that we are planning. And on the way home, we're planning to do some sightseeing stops in Quebec. He mentions to me that his family will be in the Saguenay at the same time. I don't know what the Saguenay is or Saguenay. Yeah, I, I hope I'm saying it right. Uh, he is aware of some adventures or some of my adventures. Uh, aerial acrobatics, paramotor, swimming with sharks, CN Tower edge walks, et cetera, et cetera. Which, I, of course, Mark, I'd be interested in knowing more about that stuff. Uh, paramotor. That almost sounds to me like fucking paramedics who are showing up on ATVs and stuff like that. Aerial acrobatics. Also interesting. Swimming with sharks. I'd love to see some pictures. And of course, CN Tower Edge Walk. It sounds like that guy walking between the two buildings, the uh, the twin towers. But anyways, um, so yeah, he's aware of some of my air, my adventures, and suggests doing an encounter with white wolves. I did some research and came across this website, and the links here. I took a peek too, and uh, he goes, uh, yeah. So we, we we I looked at the website, and it shows like white wolves and uh, and gray wolves and things like that. You can go and actually fucking hang out with wolves. 
And he says, my friends think uh, it would be funny and a bit different to do it with sheep onesies on. Uh, I'm up for almost anything. So yeah, dude, that sounds really cool. And I, and I did look into it since you sent me that. And I, I'm a huge fan of wolves. I got like all sorts of wolf pictures and little wolf, uh, like knickknacks and statues and things like that. So I really like the, the wolf as an animal and it would be really, really cool to actually see some, like go hang out with some real, like hang out, like we're going to have beers, but just to see, like, because they were saying that you get to like the pet them, you're out there for like 40 minutes or something like that. And they're, they have to drive around and stuff to get the wolves to approach and stuff like that. But they're used to, they're used to people, but they are still wild animals. They're not like in a cage, it's not like a zoo where you get to go and, you know, feed them with pellets like a, like a petting zoo, you know? So I think that's fucking super cool. I would love to see real wolves and be able to get up and close to them. So I appreciate you sending that in, buddy. Thank you so much. That was a, a lot of, uh, a lot of fun to know that's the thing. That's, and then that's what sparked my bucket list thing, right? When we were talking. So for those people who are like, what the fuck? Yeah, that's why that's where the bucket list came from. He was saying that was something cool to, to go see some wolves and, 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 uh, and do that. And I think, uh, I think that's going to be on my bucket list too, you know? Wolves are beautiful animals and they're getting pushed back too. Like their habitat's always, uh, every time we got to build a new strip mall, they, they push the fucking wolves further back, mow down a bunch of trees. There's a, there's a coyote in Ottawa at the experimental farm, which to anyone who doesn't know what an experimental farm is, it's like where they test, you know, different plants and stuff. They're just big open fields, uh, near my folks place where they take my dog and their dog every day for walks. And my dad was showing me this last weekend at a barbecue. He's showing me footage on, on his JVC recorder of this fucking coyote wandering. And this is like right in the middle of the city. This is not out in the middle of the country for anyone who doesn't know Ottawa. This is right in the middle of the city. It's just this two, three big block areas where it's just farm field and they're making shit. And there's a coyote right in the middle of it. So it's clearly living somewhere in that area. There's very few areas in the experimental farm where there's trees or somewhere for it to hide. So... This thing has wandered a little far and is now stuck in this area because my dad's been seeing it every day. He's finally got to the point where he had to record it. So, you know, I uh, I always feel bad when I see animals, you know, standing in the middle of the road, you know, the the, the further south area of Ottawa, Barhaven there. I've seen coyotes and stuff standing in the road. And it's just like, get out of here, man. You're going to get fucking hit. You know, I know you used to live here up until a month ago when they mowed everything down, but I don't know, whatever. I love animals, guys. Sorry. As soon as you get me on animals, I'll start, you start just going off on it i feel bad for them it sucks to be an animal anyways let's go back to some positivity here right i uh i'm really excited for this weekend i don't have any shows as of yet uh but i'm really really looking forward to saturday night because my fucking uh my fucking intro music guys here monkey junk i don't even know what to call them i'm like my uh my my opening intro band uh monkey junk is playing at west fest this weekend saturday night I am going to see Monkey Junk, see them perform live at Westfest. Uh, Westfest used to take place in Westboro, and now it's at La Rush Park, which is sort of in Westboro, like Mechanicsville. And I don't know if that's just where the music, like that's a big enough area to get a bunch of people together to play music, or if it's still happening in Westboro with like all this stuff. It used to be a spot where like all the businesses would shut down the street, and then there'd be outdoor patios and beer and drinks and stuff like that, which seemed like a lot of fun. I, uh, I went there a few times and it was great, but now they've got the, uh, you know, monkey junk coming. Oh, I can't wait to see them. I'm really, really excited for that. So I'm going to take the lady and we're going to go see, uh, see monkey junk perform, snap some pictures with, uh, with Steve. So, uh, that's June 3rd guys. If you're in Ottawa and it's my understanding, it's free, it's free. So if any of you have enjoyed some of the music you've heard here, uh, check out Westfest and monkey junk, they are headlining Saturday, June 3rd. Uh, I will be there and I'm going to see if I can steal Steve, um, away for a little bit and we'll, uh, we'll have a chat and see what, uh, what monkey junk's up to. And I'll do some plugging for them. Uh, cause as always, I'm grateful for them letting me use their music. So, uh, I think, um, I think it's a little bit of a quiet week in that. I hope that this one was a little more uh, entertaining. Um, we're going to build right guys. We're going to build, we're going to come back. We're going to make this thing fun. We're going to grow together. Um, as always, I appreciate you guys listening to the one man podcast. Feel free to send in your, your questions, your stories. Like I said, you guys got bucket lists. You got something you're working on. You got something you want to ask. If there's anything I missed out, Hey, like I said, there's Sirius XM tickets to give away on Canada day. So if you want some of those, all this stuff, email contact at one man If you guys aren't following us on social media, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, the YouTube page. All of it is one man podcast. So have a look for that. And uh, I'd love to have you, you know, follow you guys get the pictures as the week goes on. I try to post stuff, letting you know, uh, you know what I will be talking about and just fun things that I see 
you know, that uh, there are some talking points or whatever. So as always, thank you for listening, guys. I really look forward to having something even new and fresher for you next week as this thing continues to, uh, to build. Thanks for being here with me. 